Mans Rebekovic, and you're watching Eurotrips. Hello and welcome to the Eurotrips podcast. We are back talking all things European football. This week, there's no transfer special, just as boys talking all things European football. So I am your host, Andy, and this week I'm joined as ever by Alex, Ryan and Naeem. How are you, boys? All good here. I'm, I'm all right, thank you. I'm all right. Good stuff, good stuff. Yeah, not bad. Good to hear. Uh, Jonathan is not here at the moment, but he will be joining us at some point during the podcast. So here we go. We'll be getting his review of the Bundesliga some point during this podcast. But our first thing we're covering this week is all things occurring in France. So, Alex, what has been happening in France the last seven days? Uh, well, this this game, I'm currently actually watching one, another one of the games going on. Lille uh, beating away Lorient. That might be the best place to start because Lille... Uh, last season's champions have really hit on a renaissance. I think I touched on it lightly last week, but they're unbeaten in 14 games. The last game they lost was October 29th in all competitions, including the Champions League, and that was when PSG beat them in injury time after coming down from 1 0 to win 2 1 at the final five minutes. They've really been romping on, building momentum, and they're beating Lorient 3 0 tonight, but they played Marseille away at the velodrome on Sunday evening's uh, main kickoff. And it's a 1-1 game, but I think Lille should have won by three or four goals. They're breathtaking on the counter-attack, just tearing tearing Marseille apart of Jonathan David, Jonathan Bamba. And I think particularly someone who's really shining recently is Renato Sanchez. I know he's had his name linked everywhere, and I think I'm the first person to say that no club should really sign him because he's got a horrible injury record, even at Lille, for how good he is. So I just don't think you get more than 20 games out of him per season. But he's beginning to make me change my mind a little bit because he's just got... Not only has he got the energy to cover so much ground, but he always feels like he's in the right place at the right time. He's always making good interceptions, he's always making good passes and nipping in and out of tight spaces... I think Renato Sanchez is shining quite a lot. And I bring it up because I think Chelsea playing Lille at about a month's time in the Champions League, who obviously in bad form, which you guys might get onto in the, the Premier League uh, roundup, they could face a bit of a challenge. Um, elsewhere in uh, Liga, we should touch on as well briefly, just an interchange. Uh, Strasbourg beat Montpellier 3-1. The upcoming coach, Stefan Julian, uh, former rank coach, he started winning 3-1 and playing some really good football, lots of people like. He's someone you could expect to see on the main European stage in the coming years, depending on what he does in Strasbourg. But another big topic, of course, is Bordeaux. They got thrashed 6-0 by Rennes at the weekend. Um, their, their new owner, about to be former owner, Gerard Lopez, uh, he's coming under heavy fire in France because in the past year alone, he, he nearly tanked to Lille financially and it's about to tank Bordeaux financially, just doing ludicrous deals. You might have seen headlines about it where in Napoli's deal for Victor Osimhen, Gerard Lopez made sure of twin, like £2 million was paid to an agent who like had as much to do with the deal as us lot on this podcast. It was that disconnected, it, it, like doing deals for... A, a, a youngster of Napoli to come the other way, which in theory, no swap deal, that makes sense, except the youngster didn't actually exist, it wasn't real. <laughs> so, lots of dodgy things, and that's for Sunk Bordeaux, who currently sitting in the relegation zone, I think, of France at the moment, and I just don't see where this club goes. And it's quite a big deal, because they were, I think, champions in... Um, 
champ champions in the nineteen eighties. There might even be. I think they're just they're they're just behind Saint-Étienne in one of the most successful French teams of all time. So a, a big giant could be about to fall in France, and yeah, the French press are going after Gerard Lopez. Yeah, that is quite interesting that that's happening because it's um, obviously we, we've seen stuff, you know, with um, other leagues, like for example in the Italian league, we've seen a lot of stuff happening in the, in the past. But um, obviously Bordeaux, uh, how I don't know how many years now removed from winning the league? They only won the league, was it? They won the league in the last ten years. I'm pretty sure. Yes, it was. Oh, that's a great question, you. I think it was 2000. And eight, I think they were the second team. No, two thousand nine. I think they were the second team to win it after Leon's like big streak ended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I remember Montpellier won it two thousand twelve as well. I remember the owner with the crazy hair. I remember that came down quickly as well. So yeah, it'll be sad to see that something happens to them because they um, have always been a club I've always been aware of and I've seen them in you know in mm. you know, Champions Leagues and Europa Leagues and stuff like that. So it, it will be a shame. Um, now, one thing I wanted to ask you, actually, Alex, um, was about a player that's joined league in from my club in the summer. And I don't watch uh, French football at all, really, if I'm honest. So, obviously, we sold Jared Jakiri um, to get him more game time. Uh, how is he getting on in France? It's more or less as, as much as you would expect if Shakiri got regular game time. Don't check it what he did on the weekend. It's just like I think he's had a couple of occasional moments of brilliance like earlier in the season. If he came on as a sub. I don't think he's really played too much, to be honest. Like in terms of starting too much. Uh, okay, sure. Now I think he's he's got th- uh, one goal and two assists. You, you watch him and he shows that shine. He shows that flash. Like look sharp on the ball, but not really resulted in anything. And I think. Petter Bosch has just kind of relegated into a sort of a rotation option. I've also seen, um, I think a little actually today or yesterday, they've bought um, Hatton Ben Arthur on a six, mm. month, six months, was six month loan or six month deal? Six month um, contract, he was free contract. agent. Right, so yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting to see whether he'll, you know, I think he's been in so many clubs now, he's probably, you know, won't be left for too long, but I think it'd be nice to see him if he does re- re- reignite his career, because he is someone that I've been, you know, I've always liked watching in the past when he's at Newcastle, you know, at various other clubs he's joined. I've always been a fan of watching him play. So, um, yeah, I'd be interested to see how he does. Mm, um, yeah, yeah. And you mentioned, obviously, but earlier on that Lee were playing Chelsea. Now it's time for the Premier League review. So in the Premier League, we've seen games on as recently as now. So I think Spurs are currently playing Leicester as we speak. The score is currently 0-0 with uh, 14 minutes gone. And looking at, obviously, rewinding back to the start of the week um, on, so looking at Tuesday, um, sorry, looking back at Saturday, uh, Man City beat Chelsea 1-0. Thanks to a goal from Kevin De Bruyne. I won the goal from Kevin De Bruyne against his former team. And that was a day after, on Friday night, Palace and Brighton, one of the weirdest rivalries in English football, played out on 1-1 draw with an own goal from Anderson as well as a goal from Conor Gallagher. Uh, other games on Saturday, St Maximum and Joe Padro scored the goals in a 1-1 draw between Newcastle and Watford. Uh, Rafa Benitez was sacked as manager of Everton after a 2-1 loss away at Norwich, who were only a point or two away from the safety. Uh, potential replacements, and Lampard's been linked, Wayne Rooney's been linked, Britta Martez has been linked, so... Um, I think Rooney seems a favourite after what he's done at Derby. I think Martinez, out of those three anyway, is probably the best choice, but I don't think he is a, as good a manager as he thinks. 
But other games on Saturday, Wolves beat Hampton 3-1 with goals from Connor Cody, Raul Jimenez and the first of the season from um, from Triore. Then a won the goal, albeit in consolation, from Hampton's James Ward-Prowse, a wonderful free kick that defied gravity. And then the, on Saturday night, Aston Villa and Manu played out a 2-2 draw. Manu went two all up with two goals from Bruno Fernandes, who was back in the scoring, but then goals from Jacob Ramsey and on loan signing Philippe Coutinho leveled the score. Something that as a Liverpool fan, I was very happy to see. Um, on Sunday, Liverpool beat Brentford 3-0 with the goals from Fabinho, um, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, and uh, after a mix-up from the Brentford defence, Taki Minamino got the third. And then a wonderful game in West Ham as Leeds beat West Ham 3-2 with a hat-trick from Jack Harrison, as well as goals from Fournals and Jad Bowen. And, and also Spurs' Arsenal was postponed due to covid Who's to say that the game tomorrow between Liverpool and Arsenal in the League Cup 3 final won't suffer the same fate? Uh, on Tuesday, Brighton and Chelsea drew 1 1. Uh, Hakim Ziyech scored a, scored a goal with questionable keeping from Robert Sanchez before a bullet header from Adam Webster gave Brighton a point and they stayed in ninth place while Chelsea missed out on the chance to go second. Um, see, also, I mentioned Coutinho. He has also scored in his debut, obviously, under former player Stephen Gerald, a former teammate. There's been links today with two former Premier League players that will come back. Um, Eden Hazard is one. He's been linked with a move to Newcastle. Um, obviously, with all their money, you expect them to make some big signings at some point. But the other one, which is very surprising, Luis Suarez is being strongly linked with Aston Villa. I mean, Gerald is really bringing the back band back together with this one. He really is. He's already bought a former teammate in Coutinho. And he's now potentially going to sign Suarez as well. I mean, if they get Suarez, and also if I've seen Jack Reedish link, but I doubt he's going to go to Villa back so soon. That'd be an amazing signing from Villa, even more impressive probably than Coutinho, because Suarez has been excellent these last few years. So, yeah, I think fair play if Gerald can get him as well. They've already bought Lucas Digney. They've bought, um, I forgot the guy's name from Roma on loan. They really have um, you know, gone out and made some impressive signings. A fair play to Villa. And this is actually one for Naeem and Ryan on this one. There seems breaking news in the last, um, say, half an hour. Um, the Saudi Arabian club, Al Nassar, have offered to sign Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang on loan. Obviously, recent news came out of him actually leaving AFCON due to heart issues. Um, so, yeah, it's um, interesting to see what happens to his career. He seems to be declining more and more each week. But that is my conclusion of the Premier League roundup. Jonathan has joined us, so it's very nice to have him on the pod. We will go to his league later on. So our next league we're focusing on is La Liga. So, Naeem, what has been happening in Spain these last seven days? Right, so with um, La Liga at the moment, um, there hasn't... Because obviously this weekend we've had the last 16 of the Copa del Rey and the Super Copa de España. Um, we only have had three games played. So the first game that was played out this weekend was Elche. They took on Villarreal. Um, they actually ended Villarreal's five-match unbeaten run in the league um, as they lost 1-0 away to Elche. Uh, Lucas Boyer, he got the he got the winning goal in the 66th minute after coming on in the second half. Robertis, they took on Deportivo. Um, obviously, Deportivo are struggling in the league. They haven't won since November, November, and they went on to lose four nil to Deportivo. Um, they were three 0 up in the first half, thanks to a brace from Borja Iglesias. Hope I didn't butcher his name too much there. And a second half goal from the top goal scorer, Juan Me, made it four nil. Um, 
obviously, as I said, the Deportivo, they're still without a win and they're in a bottom hot, bottom three of the table. So they're without a win since November. Um, the last game of the weekend was Cadiz. They took on Espanyol and this was Sergio Gonzalez, the new Cadiz manager's first home game in the league. They actually went 2-1 up with a 91st minute uh, goal to make it 2-1. But um, Raul de Thomas, he made it 2-2 in the 95th minute to peg them back. Uh, Cadiz actually did uh, score two goals, uh, thanks to Negredo, but they were both ruled off four off, uh, not offside, sorry. They were both ruled out by VAR. The first one was he handled the ball before scoring and the second one was an infringement on the goalkeeper. So that draw uh, means Cadiz still haven't won a game at home this season. The game uh, playing at the moment is uh, Celta Vigo to take it on Osasuna. It's nearly finished with a minute to go. Celta Vigo are 2-0 up at the moment uh, thanks to two first half goals. Uh, quickly, um, just to mention uh, the Copa del Rey, so Robert Tees, they took on Sevilla um, at home. The game was actually abandoned because uh, a pole actually hit uh, one of the Sevilla players. So the game was actually played behind closed doors the next day and Robert Tees, they ran out 2-1 winners against Sevilla. So yeah, the player, the player was taken to hospital and yeah, he's got a, a bit of a brain injury at the moment. So obviously on... On the medical side of things, they they said they couldn't play the game. So, yeah, in a Super Copa de España, um, that's obviously that's with four teams. So it's basically the winners, winners of the Copa del Rey and the Liga taking on obviously the runners up in both the league and the Copa del Rey. So Real Madrid they took on they took on Barcelona and they won three two in that game. Uh, Ferran Torres made his debut for Barcelona starting the game. And Atletico Bilbao, they took on Atletico Madrid and they beat them 2-1. So in the final, Real Madrid played Athletic Club and they ran out 2-0 winners. So obviously they, that's the first trophy they've won this season. And yeah, just quickly to update you on the, the league table, not much has really changed um, at the top. Roberto still, they've, they've got a five-point gap between them and fourth place Atletico Madrid, but they've obviously played a game more. Down at the bottom is pretty much the same um, with Cadiz not being able to win, but that would have made much too much difference as they still would have been 18th place. So yeah, um, just to quickly round off, this is not really uh, European football based, but um, obviously as everyone knows, the Africa Cup of Nations is currently going on at the moment. Uh, yesterday, uh, Ghana, they took on Comoros, who are ranked... I believe they are 132 in the world. So they're the, f the third lowest ranked team in the competition. They surprisingly went 2-0 up in the f up against them uh, with with Andre Ayew getting sent off in the first half uh, with a, a straight red with a foul on the goalkeeper. Ghana did actually make it 2-2 um, in the second half, but in the 85th minute, Comoros actually made it 3-2. So... Yeah, that was for, that was the biggest shock of the day. Um, as Ghana, they went, they crashed out of the tournament, bottom of the group, uh, with no wins, one draw, and two losses. And just to put into com context, uh, Cobras they have a population of just under one million people, whereas Ghana have a population of around twenty-five million. And the uh, Comoros, they only joined the FIFA governing body in two thousand and five, and this 
uh, was the first time they ever qualified for an Africa Cup of Nations tournament, and this was their first win. So, yeah, big up to them. And, yeah, they have a slim chance of um, advancing to the next round as the four best-ranked third-place teams will go through. So, yeah, it will be interesting to see what happens there. And, yeah, congratulations to them, um, as obviously it's the first ever win in a major tournament. So, yeah. That's a quick roundup uh, of the La Liga, and yeah, that's a little quick note on Comoros. So yeah. And Egypt, if you're listening, please lose the last game so Salah can come back to Liverpool. That's all I ask. I think they're winning one at the moment, so yeah. Oh, it's, it's, yeah. Oh, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm actually supporting anyone but Egypt really in this tournament, just so then um, you know they can just get <laughs> just come back to Liverpool as soon as possible because. Even though we haven't really missed them too much so far, um, but yeah, it's, it'll see we, we will need them at some point in the next week or two. Hi, I'm Lee Jazzies, and you're listening to the Euro Trip podcast. Um, right, our penultimate league this week is Italy. So, Ryan, what has been happening the last seven days in Syria? So, the weekend wasn't majorly entertaining, to be honest, with Juve and Lex. <laughs> Lazio both winning on Saturday and Sunday's games weren't much better to be honest, apart from Sassuolo against Hellas Verona in a game involving six goals, with Verona coming out 4-2 winners with a rare hat-trick from centre midfielder Antonin Barak that nicked the three points for the Northern Italian side. Roma, they only narrowly beat Cagliari and we saw the return though of a Portuguese legend in Nani returning to European football with Venezia he came off the bench to set up an equaliser for the Venice-based side against Empoli. And again, that ended 1-1. And what was meant to be the game of the weekend between Atalanta and you, uh, Inter sorry, ended 0-0. So, not much action on the weekend's games, but there was on the Monday night ones, with Napoli beating Bologna 2-0 to continue their sort of reconnaissance, whatever it's called. Um Fiorentina, they smashed Genoa 6-0 just days after Genoa sacked Andrei Shevchenko, which means they've had 10 managerial changes since 2018. Jesus. Four years. Uh, that's an un- astonishing stat, even for an Italian club. Where but did you get that stat out of interest, uh, Ryan? I got that stat from a, a certain Twitter profile. <laughs> <laughs> but I, didn't, but I, I did actually know that it was a, a number of managers anyway. I just didn't know exactly how many. Yeah, yeah. Do you know I hate them? But, but credit, to, <laughs> credit to the Euro expert, whoever he is. Um, <laughs> the controversial game of the day was actually Milan against Spezia because Milan went 1-0 up in the first half through a penalty from Teo Hernandez. Shortly into the second half, Spezia levelled it up. But towards the end of the game, more specifically in the 94th minute, Milan, they went forward. Ansi Rebic was fouled just outside the area, but as he was fouled, the ball kind of made its way towards the right-hand side of the box, in which Junior Macias curled it into the top corner for an unreal finish, but the goal didn't count as the ref blew for a foul on Rebic at the same time as blowing for the goal. That makes zero sense, but that's genuinely what happens, and... Basically, the goal just didn't stand. The Milan players went fucking berserk, as did the staff and the manager and everyone basically in the Milan stands for Milan. 
you might have seen it on Twitter. Obviously, Rebic has sort of grabbed the referee's head, but not in a malicious way. And considering this sort of all happened within seconds, obviously, Milan, they wanted the advantage and the referee didn't give it. And then two minutes later, Spezia went out the other end and scored and won the game 2-1. Um, through Quartzen Giassi, who arguably shouldn't have even been on the pitch because he was booked in the 20th minute and had a culmination of fouls throughout the game, meaning he should have probably been sent off at some stage. And then after the game, there's conflicting reports because some Italian media are sort of saying that the Italian Referee Association made a direct apology to the Milan sporting director Paolo Maldini after the game. But then some are saying that they didn't. So no one really knows for sure if they got an apology or not. But it's quite clear the referee, he made a major mistake. It's said that he was sort of consoled after the game because he kind of knew that he fucked it up, really. Um, and as I say, it was a massive game for the Red side in Milan considering their direct rivals and title rivals. In a, They dropped points on uh, Sunday. Obviously... The state of play now means there's just four points separating the top three of Milan, Inter and Napoli, although Inter do have a game in hand still, so they could sort of still go a few points clear. But the title race is definitely on, at least between those three. And if those three continue to drop points, then Juve, astonishingly, aren't out of it. And neither are Atalanta, because Atalanta are currently in fourth, Juve in fifth, but there's only a point between those two. With Atalanta themselves having a game in hand, so we could yet see a five-way title battle if we don't see some sort of consistency from the top teams. And uh, Dusan Vlahovic, and yes, I'm going to pronounce him that way, Andy, because I don't give a <laughs> what Google says. Every single commentator and journalist that I've watched or seen him reported on this week has called him Dusan Vlahovic. So, fuck what Google says. Um, <laughs> well, he, he scored another two goals on Monday, but he's actually now level with Chiro Immobile, with both of them on 17 goals for the season so far. So, you've got one of Europe's most exciting strikers against one of Europe's most underrated strikers, both going for the top goal scoring award in Serie A this season. So, it's starting to sort of heat up towards the top. The bottom hand changed. Bottom three are all going to go down, and not much else to report, really. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, and I'll just check now that Leicester have gone one nil up thanks to a goal from Patson Dacker. Uh, who got the assist? Yeah. Who got the assist? Let's find out now. So, call to this, no one. But I'll, you you're not fancy football. Yes. Yeah. So it, it looks like it's a fancy assist rather than a real assist. Anyone get it on real life? No. <laughs> no one got it at all. <laughs> Wait, so there's um, no assist? No. Corn's assist is goal scored. Daka saved Schmeichel. So it must have been... What, what? It must be a goal where they took about deflection, two or three deflections off Spurs players or something. The goal Daka saved Mike Schmeichel. What, did he save it and punch no, it it's 50 just, yards um, up the pitch? No, it's just like the part of the bit where they tell you the... Um, who's done what? Yeah, FPL Twitter saying no assist. So Spurs have been knocking mm. on the door, but this but it says Pat and Daka finishes a swift counter attack, but yet no one's got an assist. 
Hey, Arsenal, I'm going to watch the goal now. There you are, he picks it up. It's okay. Oh, I see, yeah, so I can't believe he's coming to the box. I think Matt Doherty tries to tackle him, or someone tries to tackle him. I think it's Regalon, and then it falls back his feet and he hits it in. Pretty shambolic defending from Spurs. That's that's pretty bad. Um, but welcome, Jonathan. Welcome, welcome back to the pod. Thank you. Thank you. For all our NFL pod listeners, a very happy 49ers fan today. Um, so, Jonathan, what's been happening in Bundesliga this week? Oh, yeah. Quick little shout-out. Uh, 49ers playing the Packers this weekend. Debo Samuel, probably the best all-around player in the league, but it's no big deal. Um <laughs> But yes, yes. A bit of an overstatement, but yeah, we'll go with it. <laughs> yep. Sorry, I got confused. I was thinking about the wrong football. So, well, let's get back to let's get back to German football. Uh, weekend started off with Dortmund playing my beloved SC Freiburg. Uh, you know, I really doubted Freiburg was even going to come close in this game because they they got a pretty lucky win earlier in the year against Dortmund, and I don't think Dortmund was going to let Freiburg snip them again this time around. Um, and it wasn't even close. Dortmund won 5-1. Erling Holland, of course, bagged a few goals. Uh, Freiburg's been excellent, not only offensively scoring on set pieces, but defending them as well. They have one of the best defenses in the Bundesliga, but they, along with many other teams in Germany, have been hit pretty hard with COVID cases. Their starting goalkeeper, Mark Flecken, who has really come out of nowhere after last season. Uh, he was out with a really unfortunate elbow injury, lost his starting spot, as they loaned in Florian Müller, who's now a VFP Stuttgart, and he's come back in this year and, and been absolutely unbelievable and even got a call-up to the Netherlands national team, which is so well-deserved after um, a pretty long career sitting behind Alexander Schalo, who's now at Sorry Hertha Berlin, which was a terrible move on his part, but uh, it opened the door for Flecken. But Flecken did catch COVID as well as Freiburg's best defensive player in Nico Schlotterbeck who I still think is going to go to a top club this summer, either Dortmund um, or Bayern, especially if Sule doesn't sign that new contract or Bayern, or if Dortmund don't get Ginter. I mean, Dortmund always need defenders anyway, so how that will not hurt them at all. But Dortmund came away with that one. Um, I guess they still are in it. Um, it's better title race than the Premier League, I guess. That's all the Bundesliga has going for them, but uh, Bayern, of course, beat Cologne 4-0. Uh, Quarantine Tolisso had a really amazing strike with his left foot. Um, and Robert Lewandowski had a hat-trick. And who can say they're surprised at this point. Uh, he just won, I think it was I think it was called the FIFA like Best Men's Player. I probably said the name of it wrong, but it was nice to see him take home some sort of silverware after the Ballon d'Or snub. Union Berlin beat Hoffenheim 2-1, which is a bit surprising. Hoffenheim are a team that are rolling at the moment david rom their left back who brought they brought over from first in the offseason for what i still can't believe was a free transfer um, looks to be in contract talks already for an extension even though he just came over just a few months ago he's been that good but they did lose 2-1 to union uh, union actually made a big little signing here they they need some help in their midfield especially if they want to secure one of those european places so it looks like they're closing in on Andres Schaffer probably messed that up, but he's in a Hungarian international that actually um, had a pretty important goal uh, this past summer against Germany, and he could help out that midfield on sort of the center left side. Uh, but that's a big win for Union, especially if they want to 
you know, take that one next step of getting to a Europa League spot as they were in the conference uh, conference league this past season. Uh, Wolfsburg, of course, drew again. Um, no one's surprised. They're terrible. They need to fire their coach again. Uh, I probably never stop saying that. Leipzig won 2-0 against Stuttgart. Uh, they keep climbing their way at the table. Freiburg's going down. Leipzig's going up. I think Leipzig will end up in those top four Champions League places. It was really nice to see Danny Olmo come back. Um, you know, he, of course, had a brutal 2021 for club and country. He played so much football. You know, had a lengthy injury, came on as a sub. I uh, didn't do a whole lot because Christopher Nkunku was still on the pitch and, and scored another goal. Um, I mean, Leipzig could probably sell that guy for so much money this summer if they're willing, which I think they might because he might as well take advantage and move him on to England the way he's playing right now. Leverkusen beat Mönchengladbach 2-1. Big win for them. They're pretty much secure in third place at the moment. Um, they're pretty close to some of the surrounding teams behind them, but they do have a lot of talent. It'll be nice. Um, they've got a couple players away at AFCON right now when they get them back. Summer from Gladbach actually saved two penalties, and Gladbach still lost 2-1. to one. Pretty much sums up their abysmal season so far where, you know, they can only beat Bayern Munich if Bayern's on the score sheet. They'll win. If any other team in the Bundesliga, no matter who it is, they're, they're not going to win at all this season. Augsburg tied 1-1. Ricardo Pepe, the American international, was brought over for about $16 million and under fee for a club like Augsburg. Started. Uh, he didn't have a good game. I think his rating for the game was like 4.2 or something. Um, didn't do much, didn't create a lot of chances, didn't have any real opportunities to speak of. Uh, he, of course, said in a recent interview that his goal is to take Augsburg to the Champions League, which I found hilarious because there's a good chance they're going to get relegated this year. As I said, one point out, side of the relegation zone. Uh, you get to a club a week later and you want to take them to the Champions League. Um, I make some supporters happy, but I think Augsburg are the most boring side to watch in the Bundesliga and would be Happy to see them get relegated. Um, and then, of course, Armenia. Well, of course, because no one probably watched this game, but Armenia tied with Firth 2-2. Uh, a battle of the bottom teams. Big tie for Firth. It doesn't really matter at this point because they're going down, but I really love Jamie Llewellyn. The more and more uh, I watch him, he seems to score almost every game I tune into, at least for a little bit. Uh, he's... 20-year-old German international. He's got a contract till I believe 2024 with Firth, but once they get relegated, they could they could sell him for a decent fee. Uh, he's fast. He's quick on the wing. Is really their only threat going forward at the moment, and I really love watching him play. Um, but that's pretty much up for, for German football-wise. We, of course, still have games going on right now with the DFB Pokal midweek, round of 16. Freiburg are playing Hoffenheim at the moment. I'll probably tune in quickly after this, but Dortmund lost yesterday to the second Bundesliga's top side in St. Pauli. Um, you know, they had a lot of chances, especially towards the end of the game when, when St. Pauli just packed and brought every, everybody and everything back on defense and they still couldn't get it done. Holland st scored a penalty, but that was it. Um, it was really, it's really nice to see people are like, oh, you know, Dortmund now, they don't have to worry about the DFB. They can chase Bayern for the Bundesliga title, which, I mean, there are three games left in the DFB Pokal if they had won that game. That's not a lot. You know, they only have the Europa League to worry about. And 
with a squad without much depth, they would have been much better off staying in that, um, staying in that league. But they brought up a very good and impressive lineup of most of their starters, and they still lost to Bundesliga two, which I've loved watching this year. Uh, Werder Bremen actually in the last few weeks has, has been climbing up uh, the standings. So it'd be, it'd be crazy to see if they able in their first year down to come right back up to the Bundesliga. But uh, it's great to see teams like that, especially in the DFB Pokal, like St. Pauli, take home a victory against the big boy clubs. And that's what's been going on this week in the Bundesliga. Fantastic, sir. Fantastic. So that has been the conclusion of our weekly European Football View on the Eurotrips podcast. So we'll be back next week for more European View, European Football View for action for you. So I've been your host, Andy. This has been Alex. This has been Jonathan. This has been Ryan. This has been Naeem. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Ciao.